Welcome to the Morning Inspiration Podcast with Pastor Walt. At Chosen City Church, we are chosen to overcome, to build, and to be like Jesus. We pray that this podcast will empower you to do the same on today. Lord, we are so grateful to be here. Have your way in this space. Touch in this space. God, I thank you in advance, God, for what you're going to do. When it's all said and done, we're careful to give your name all of the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. All right. So this morning, our scripture is found in Isaiah, the uh, 43rd chapter. Isaiah, the 43rd uh, chapter, uh, really looking at uh, two verses uh, primarily. Isaiah 43, verse uh, 1 and 2. Um, And it reads as follows. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. That's it. Just those two verses today. Can somebody type that in? And I would like to use as a subject for today. Uh, liberation. Y'all type that in for the sisters and brothers that are coming in later. Isaiah 43, verse 1 and 2. And God just told me to speak today about liberation. Liberation um, is a word that uh, may be um, common to many people, but not to everyone. So if you give me a second, I'll try to define it for you uh, in the natural and so that we can understand how God is uh, speaking to us today on that subject. Liberation is literally the act of setting someone free from whatever that has been oppressing them, whatever type of imprisonment, what type of slavery or whatever, wherever it may be. Uh, when when liberation comes, you have been free uh, from something. Liberation is also an amazing thing for our creativity and our thought process, because when your mind is uh, liberated, it removes it, uh, uh, it removes the limits uh, from your thinking. It removes the limits from your creativity. It removes the limits from your decision making process. Uh, that is the reason sometimes we struggle in, as it relates to uh, making decisions. And that's the uh, reason we struggle uh, as it relates to getting to our destiny, because there is something uh, that is keeping our uh, ability to come to a, a right and godly conclusion. Uh, there's something in the way. And so when we talk about liberation, we're talking about not only being freed in the body, not only being freed in the mind, but also being freed in the spirit, freed in the soul. Uh, there is even something that is known as a liberation theology. It's a it's a it's a theology uh, where the approach is simple. The approach emphasizes the fact that we have a God that uh, has a heart for liberating the oppressed. We serve a God that has a heart for liberating the lost, the least, and uh, the left out. Second uh, Corinthians three verse seventeen says this. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I want to remind you where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And y'all, I want to tell you why God placed this on my heart. Uh, God has placed this on my heart because there are so many people, I truly believe, uh, that just need, that, that stand in the need of freedom, that stand in the need of liberty. 
y'all there are so many people right now uh that are um, that are in the middle of a fire there are so many people right now that are in the middle of a battle there are so many people right now living in the in-between and god told me to tell you today that he is sending liberty your way uh liberty for whatever has been blocking your mind liberty liberty for whatever has been uh blocking your uh future some of us uh have some things that uh god is wanting to do um through you and for you so he said today just give them a word as it relates to liberty so that they can understand that you will be delivering and god is going to deliver you out of the fire god is going to deliver you out of the flood and i want you to remember this as a matter of fact this is the first time i'm asking you to have uh to ask, to have a memory verse i want you to remember isaiah 43 verse 1 and 2. i want you to take some time this week and over, over the next couple of weeks and i want you to remember isaiah 43 verse 1 and 2 because it's a survivor guide for any site uh that stands in the needs of uh the deliverance it's god's uh plan to bring you out of anything that you may be going through it's god's uh method to make sure that you see uh victory when we look at isaiah the 43rd chapter what we see here in a nutshell is god is sending a new exodus uh, do we know what that means when god is sending a, a new exodus it means that god is providing a, a new way out if we remember here god is talking to his people who have found themselves in bondage can we talk this morning to one another let me ask you a question is anybody we're going to be honest with one another is any of you don't have to say exactly what it is uh but is there anybody here dealing with any type of bondage any type of of stronghold any type of struggle any type of setback if there anybody here dealing with any of that i want to talk to you today because god said this message is just uh for you you can just type in yes yep that's me you don't have to say what it is but i want to talk to you this morning because god said there is a word uh, uh uh just for you so the people of god here in isaiah the 43rd chapter were dealing with bondage they were in physical bondage they were in spiritual bondage and so god says listen i've come to deliver you i've come to uh deliver deliver you and it's why the theologians say when you look at uh isaiah the 43rd chapters what you're looking at is actually a new uh exodus and somebody needs to confess that early today that god is sending me a new exodus what do you mean well because they had been in bondage before they had been in bondage in egypt and god brought them out that's where we get language like if he did it before guess what y'all he can do it again so somebody who can say that and believe it right because i was doing some study about the power of our tongue about the power of making certain uh uh professions and confections uh, uh as it relates to what we believe and so you have to believe right now that god is sending me a new exodus why a new exodus why is it a new exodus because he brought you out before and on this day what's the date somebody type in the date somebody type in the time so on march the 15th uh on this early morning or if you catch this podcast later on or you catch it whenever you catch it i want to tell you prophetically that God is sending a new exodus to your family. He's sending a new exodus to your home. God is making a new way for you. He's opening a new door. So how is God going to send this new exodus? Facebook, are y'all talking to me this morning? Do you believe that God is sending a new exodus your way? You ought to get excited about the fact that God is sending a new exodus. Somebody just came in and said, oh, it's hot in there. What we talking about? We talking about Isaiah, the 43rd chapter. We got two verses, verse one and two, where God 
is saying, I'm sending a new exodus your way because I am, he is committed to liberating his people in this season. We are praying and fasting and God is going to be liberating us and our mind, body, and soul. I'll give you the pattern right here. Uh, when we walk down today, I don't have points for you per se. I literally have every word that the prophet spoke because every word in these two verses, uh, they speak uh, for themselves. So when we look at Isaiah, the 43rd chapter, verse one and two, when we look at verse one, the first one, uh, first phrase we see in verse one is fear not. Listen, y'all gonna type this out with me today so you can remember it. Somebody type in there, fear not. When we see um, the, the the Lord reminding them um, to, to, to fear now, to fear, uh, fear not, he says this to him. Um, he reminds them over and over in the word of God uh, to fear not. How many times have we read scripture together and God leads with the fact that we should fear not? As a matter of fact, he told Joshua the same thing when he was about to allow Joshua to go into new territory. And I truly believe that God is about to bless some of us with some new territory, some new opportunities, some new doors about to be opened. I hope you can receive that. I hope you can believe that God is about to do a greater work in you. So so now everything that you're going through, he's preparing you. When he was about to do a new work in Joshua, when he was about to allow uh, Joshua to cross into the land that was promised to him, just like there are some stuff that has been promised to you, the first thing he told him in Joshua 1, 9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I want to remind you today that God is saying, for, I know uh, that you're in the middle of the inferno. I know that you're in the middle of the fire. I know that you're in the middle of the storm. I know you're in the middle of the struggle. I know you're in the middle of a situation in your family uh, that has not gotten any better and it's been this way a long time. I know that you're in the middle of a situation. You just moved to a new city and all of a sudden you get to a new city and now uh, the new opportunity that you was hoping for is not working out. I know uh, that you're in the middle of a struggle trying to raise a kid that has an issue uh, that, it, that you don't like talking about, but you're concerned about. I know that you're in in the middle of a, a situation that seems to be a little bit embarrassing, but God says, fear not. I need you to hear that today because God said, come and talk to the people until they are liberated, until they are set free. And somebody's freedom starts with the fact that you just needed to be reminded of what you already knew, which is God said, fear not. But then he goes a little bit further, right? I'm just walking straight through Isaiah 43, verse one and two. Then the next thing he says to him is just as powerful. Well, number one, fear not. I hope y'all brought fear not in. Number two, he says this, you have been redeemed. Y'all, whenever we see the word redeemed in scripture, we ought to start shouting. We ought to start uh, getting excited. The word, uh, uh, that the fact that we have been redeemed is the reminder that we have been bought with the price. Ephesians verse one and seven says this, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Uh, Psalm 107 verse two is one of my favorite songs because it says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the adversary. All that means is that we were destined and we were determined or the enemy was determined to keep us trapped. We were destined for hell, but God bought us back and the price was his own blood that was shed by our Lord and Savior Jesus. And because he poured his blood out for you, he bought you back from the hands of the enemy because he poured his blood out for you. He has bought you back from everything that was meant to harm you. I know what you meant, but by his grace and mercy, he has brought uh, you out of what the enemy meant for evil, and he has turned it for good, and every now and then, the redeemed 
of the Lord ought to say so. If you truly understand what it means that Christ Jesus prayed it all just for you, you ought to type, you ought to say it out loud. Thank you, God. You did it just for me. That's your type right now, just for me. You got to realize that God saw some value in you. He saw so much value in you that he was willing to risk it all just for you. He bought you with a price and God wouldn't have bought you with such a high price if you did not have such high value. So I want to remind somebody who needs to be liberated because you have forgotten how valuable you are. You have forgotten how precious that you are in his sight. You have forgotten how fearfully and wonderfully you are made. And I said once, and I said one more time for the people in the back, let the redeemed of the Lord say so because you realize that you don't deserve it, but you realize that God saw the best in you when everybody else was seeing the worst in you. Fear not for you have been uh, redeemed. Oh, uh, my sisters and my brothers, I want to remind you of, uh, of something else. Uh, when God has redeemed you, let me tell you something. When he has redeemed you and he's cleaned you up, he's picked you up and he's turned you around, he doesn't stop right there. Acts the ninth chapter, verse 17, tells us something that is powerful about when we have been redeemed by our Lord and Savior. When Saul, who I often talk about, was on the wrong road, doing the wrong thing, going the wrong way, when God redeemed him, when God bought him back, when God turned his life around, God had Ananias lay his hands on him. And when Ananias laid his hands on him, he was filled with the Holy Ghost so that he could regain his sight, not just his physical sight, but his spiritual sight so that he could see everything that God had for him. And I want to remind somebody that has been redeemed that God is filling you afresh with his Holy Spirit. God has been speaking a lot about trying to refill his people with his Holy Spirit because I believe that some of us are running around on empty and God is saying, because I have redeemed you, I'm going to continue to fill you until there is overflow so that you can see what you have been called to see so that you can do what you have been called to do and so that you can be free in every aspect of your life. I wish I had some folk that wouldn't mind saying it again. Fill me up, Lord, till I overflow. That ought to be your prayer every day because if you are on assignment for God on a daily basis, you are pouring out all day, every day. So this filling of the Holy Spirit is not a one-time thing because on this journey, you're going to get empty. On this journey, you're going to get tired. You may have a great day, but you may have poured it all out, loving on your family. You may have a great day, you may, but you're going to pour it out just being who God has called you to be. And that's why we're reminded for the, that for those that have been redeemed, God is consistently and repeatedly filling us up over and over again. I told you the redeemed of the Lord ought to say so because you are walking around with power. You are walking around by, with authority in the name of Jesus. Oh, but not only does he say fear not, not only does he say you have been uh, redeemed, he says this, y'all, I have summoned you by name. We in Isaiah, the 43rd chapter, verse one and two, we just walking down because every syllable here has power. He says, I have summoned you by name. Aren't you glad that God is not when he calls you, he doesn't say, hey, you, hey, 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 cuz, hey, hey, you. No, he says, I am summoned you by name. Oh, it is confirmed by the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah 1 verse 5, he says this, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you to a prophet to the nations. This call was not, this clarion call was not just for Jeremiah. This call was for the people of God. And he was reminding us that he knows you by name. He knows what you are going through. He knows your very situation. He knows the flames that you have been surrounded by. He knows whatever you have been dealing with. He knows you by 
by name. And I'm so glad that I have a God that knows me by name. He calls me. Matter of fact, in my holy imagination, I imagine when he calls me, he doesn't call me Pastor Walt. He doesn't call me Walter. He calls me JR because I'm a junior. And that's what my family called me. And I'm in, I'm in the family of God. And he would say, JR is going to be all right. I wish God would. I wish you knew that God knew you by your real name. He know you by June, but he know God knows your real name because God is uh, has an intimate uh, a relationship with you, and He has a heart's desire uh, to 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 make sure that everything in your life is going to be all right. So it's not just the fact that He knows your name when He calls your name. He's calling you out of darkness, and He's calling you into His marvelous light. When He calls your name, He's time for He's calling you to say it's time for you to stop being where you are to get to the place where I would have you to be. When he calls you by name, it's a freeing call. That's when you know that God has called you because when God calls somebody's name, it liberates them. When God calls somebody's name, all of a sudden everything has to get still for a minute. God called them by name today so that because they've been hearing other people call them. They've been hearing depression call them. They've been hearing struggle call them. They've been hearing failure call them. Call them by name, God, today so that they will know that you care about them. Call them by name. Call every person that will hear this by name right now. Call them in their spirit, God, in such a way they will say, what happened to you on March the 15th? The Lord God Almighty called me by name. And when he called me by name, I was reminded of how much he loves me. When he called me by name, I was reminded that everything was going to be all right. When he called me by name, suddenly my tears went away. When he called me by name, I got new power. I wish I had somebody right now who said, I hear him calling my name. Call him by name, God, until they understand that it's going to get better by and by. Oh, uh, I told you there was some power here. I need y'all to remember Isaiah 43, verse 1 and 2. You have been redeemed. I have uh, I have summoned you. Uh, you have, let's go back. Fear not. You have been redeemed. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Look at it right here. What God is reminding us, not only am I calling you by name, you belong to me. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says this, for we are God's masterpiece. Say I'm his masterpiece. There's a lot of things here that you have to confess and believe about yourself, because if you don't believe these things, you will operate in opposition. And God says, since the, the word today is liberation, you have to understand that you are God's masterpiece. I need everybody to make that confession. I am God's masterpiece. Ephesians 2 verse 10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. I want to talk to somebody about their purpose because that's always an important thing to talk about. You are God's masterpiece. He is forming and shaping you in the name of Jesus so that you can do everything that was predestined for you to do. This is a season. This is a time for you to do everything that God was had predestined for you to do. What has God God predestined for you to do. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says you're going to do it because you are God's masterpiece and you know what it takes to make a masterpiece. Sometimes it takes a little bit of chipping. Sometimes it takes a little bit of molding. Sometimes it takes a little bit of forming. Sometimes it takes a little bit of fire. Sometimes it takes a little bit of water. Sometimes it takes a little bit of pain, but God is saying that you are my masterpiece. I'm forming you. I'm shaking you. I'm taking off the sting of yesterday. I'm taking off the pain of last week. I'm taking off 
off the hurt of your last situation because you are my masterpiece. I'm delivering you in your mind. I'm delivering you in your body. I'm healing you in every area of your life because you are my masterpiece. I am going to set you free. I'm going to set you apart. You're going to do exceedingly and abundantly because you are my masterpiece. I wish I had a few more people that knew that you are a masterpiece. You ain't just the ordinary piece. You are a masterpiece. You ain't a dime piece, LOL. You are a masterpiece. You are what God has said that you have been called to be, and you will do everything that God has called you to do because you are a masterpiece in the hand of the master, and you ought to be encouraged when you are in the hand of the master because in the book of John, we are reminded that whoever is in the master's hand can never be plucked from his hand. You ought to be glad to be a masterpiece because in a nutshell, because you belong to him, you are reminded that you are in good hands. You are in the all the most powerful hands. You are a masterpiece and you belong to him. Oh, that was all verse one. But when we look at verse two, I want to remind you of something to me. When I look at verse two, verse two speaks more uh, prophetically about the future. So not only did God encourage the people of Israel about their current calamity, but he also started to speak to them prophetically about uh, their uh, future. Because when you look at the language here, he talked to them about their current situation that he was going to free them from. But he also let them know that sometimes there were going to be some additional challenges. He says this in verse two. He says this, when you walk through the fire, can we look at when you, it's that reminder that there's something that is going to be ahead of you. But I want to remind you that God has gone ahead of you to secure your future. You don't have to be afraid because God has gone ahead of you to secure your future. There's somebody that's afraid to make a move right now, but I need to tell you that God has gone ahead of you to secure your future. So you, when you get to the place that God is already at, you are assured that he will meet you. And not only will he meet you, he's already made a way. Look at it right here in verse two. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. A, a, a My sisters and brothers, sometimes life comes at us like a raging flood. Uh, but God says, I will be with you. And I want to remind somebody uh, that sometimes when you are in the fire, and life feels like an inferno, the fire represents those things that are trying to destroy you, those things that are trying to consume you, those things that are trying to turn your promises into ashes, those things that are trying to defeat you, those things that are trying to discourage you, those things that are trying to set you back, those things that are trying to tear you down. Can I ask you, what's the fire that you're going, going dealing with right now? I know somebody's dealing with the fire because God wouldn't have gave me the word liberate them today. What is the fire that you're dealing with today? Not today. This is a place of safety. This is a place of healing. If you're driving in your car right now, I just need you to talk about the fire that you're dealing with today. What is the thing that is trying to consume you? What is the thing that is trying to take you out? For some people, it may not be the thing that is trying to burn you up. Perhaps the analogy as it relates to the flood uh, speaks to you because he also says that when you go to the flood, go through the flood, that you will not be swept over. In other words, there are some things sometimes in life, y'all, we just feel overwhelmed. Sometimes we feel as if... Uh, uh, that the situations that we are dealing with, everything that we're trying to manage, trying to take care of ourselves, trying to take care of our families, trying to run our businesses, trying to pay our bills, trying to do God's work, trying to do all of this stuff. It can feel overwhelming, trying to raise our children. Then it comes at us like a raging flood. But God says, whether it's a fire or it's the flood, he wanted to remind you in the power of his word that regardless if it's the fire or the flood, he says, when you go through the waters, he will be with you. And when you pass through the river, they will not 
not sweep over you. I want to remind somebody that you're going to pass through this water. I know it's high. I know it's above your head, but God says you're going to pass through. Somebody says, I'm going to pass through. Somebody say, I'm coming out. Somebody says, the fire will not destroy me because God is saying, I have come in this season to liberate you. So even though you have not even seen some of the fires that you're going to face, even though some of the flood waters, you don't even understand uh, that the water is ahead. God is saying, I've already made a path for you. I've already made a, a way for you and everything is going to work out for your good. I want to remind you sometimes, my sisters and brothers, we have to go and see uh, what this looks like. Sometimes we have to go and find an example uh, in the word of God that kind of summarizes everything that we're saying. Y'all, I was reminded of a great example, one that we're familiar with. It's a classic example, but I love classic examples because sometimes there is new revelation in classic examples. I take you back to Daniel 3 in the last few minutes that are mine. In Daniel 3, you are reminded today that the phrase that pays is liberation. God has come to liberate you. And I want to remind you of what liberation looks like. Ah, you remember Daniel, the third chapter, don't you Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the names that they were given while they were in bondage to people that God were in bondage and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in bondage as well. But even in the midst of bondage, they found favor in the sight of the Lord. They were put in positions of authority, even though they were in servitude involuntarily because God had favor on their life. I want to remind you that you are going to be liberated. And even before God brings you out, there is favor on your life. Watch what the favor looks like. There comes a point in time where King Nebuchadnezzar gets out of his mind. He gets to the point where he thinks he's bigger and better than God. So he decides to make a statue uh, that would uh, uh, that would represent uh, what he thought should be the deity of the people. And he said, hear ye, hear ye. Uh, on this day and this time, everyone, Lottie, Dottie, and everybody will worship this false God that I have created. And if you don't worship this God, there are going to be some consequences and repercussions. As a matter of fact, if you don't worship the God that I made, I'm going to make sure that you see death and you will see death today. Well, these three individuals, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, they decided that for God, they would live and for God that they would die. They would not, they would, they, they would not turn away from what was true just because they were facing a trial. Don't turn away from what is true just because you are facing a trial. Many times when we are waiting on God to liberate us, all of a sudden we're going through a test. We, we turn away from what's true. We stop coming in worship. We stop uh, fellowship and we stop being connected to the people of God. We stop doing what God has turned, uh, called us to do just because we're going through a trial. Don't turn away from what's true just because you're going through a trial. One more time, do not turn away from what is true because you're going through a trial. These three individuals, Shaq, Wack, Meshach, and Abednego are going through a trial and they say, you know what? We're not going to bow because we know the true and living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Ruth and Deborah and Esther. We know the true and living God. And so at this particular point, they don't bow and there's always a snitch in the crowd. Somebody go run to King. You know them three boys that you gave that authority to, even though they're supposed to be slaves like everybody else, they didn't bow. Now, and King ain't not an egg on your face. What you going to do about it, King? Them with your boys, they didn't bow. So the King go find Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He goes and he goes with some of his troops and he said, I'm going to give y'all one more chance. Maybe you didn't hear the decree. My bad. Maybe it was some wax in your ears. My bad. Maybe you had your eye uh, your earbuds in, but I'm going to give you one more chance because if you don't bow, there's going to be some consequences and repercussions. And they said, King, we heard every word that you said. Long live the king with all due respect, king, but we will not bow uh, to your God. And they say, don't you, the king says, don't you know that what I can do to you if you don't bow? We say, king, we know you have a lot of authority, but 
But what we need you to understand, King, is that we will never bow. And I want you to understand this, King. You may throw us into the fire, but I want you to know something. Whether our God chooses to bring us out, whether he chooses to liberate us, we serve a God that is able. I wish I had some folks that was in a fire right now and in a flood right now. You say, you know what? Whether God chooses to bring me out or whether God allows me to stay here a little while longer, I serve a God that is able. God, if you don't bring me out today, one thing I do know is that you're able. God, if I have to stay in this suffering a little while longer, one thing I do know is that you're able. God, if you don't hear the cancer today, I know that you're able. God, if you don't do it, it means that you got a better plan. I'm going to tell you, King, regardless of what God, God chooses to do, I know that our God is able. Oh, now the King is really upset. And so he takes Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He binds them up by the hand. He binds them up by the feet. And the fire is so hot, it's probably reached what is called a blue flame. Are you familiar with the blue flame? My sisters and brothers, if you ever see a fire and the flame turns blue, it is at the hottest point that a fire can reach. It is the, the most dangerous point. So you're not talking about the orange flame. You're talking about a blue flame. And there's somebody here right now. You say, Pastor Walt, I've been in a fire before, but now I'm experiencing a blue flame. The flame is hotter than it's ever been before. But I want to remind you that God is still a liberator, even when you are facing the blue flame. And so now they take these three individuals and they throw them in the fire. The fire was so hot that their captors actually caught on fire and burned as they were trying to throw them into the fire. But all of a sudden, in the middle of the fire, there are a few things that I want you to know. First and foremost, I'm going to throw a curveball at you for those that know this story. Where is Daniel? This is the book of Daniel. This is Daniel's friends. Where are Daniel? Where is Daniel in this moment? His friends are in the fire. I don't know where Daniel was because the Bible doesn't say, but in my Holy Ghost imagination and what the Bible does tell us about Daniel, Daniel being a prophet, Daniel being a prayer warrior, Daniel always fasting and praying. I truly believe that Daniel was somewhere praying for his friends. That was not his test. That was not his trial. So God protected him. And I want to remind you right now that even if you are not in the fire, you are on assignment to pray for your friends that are going through. You are on assignment to be a spiritually attuned to what your family, what your children, what your kinfolk are going through. So if you are not in the fire, you need to be somewhere praying because you got some people connected to you that are facing a blue flame. I wish I had some prayer warriors. I need to talk to the Daniels in the room. We need to intercede. We need to touch and agree. We need to stand in the gap and pray for everybody that may be going to the through the fire. But now we get back to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They got Daniel on the outside praying for him. But Nebuchadnezzar looks up and he jumps up in amazement. And he says something. Then we tie up three men and throw them into the fire. And they say, yes, we tied up three. But look, Nebuchadnezzar said, no, I passed kindergarten. I can count y'all. It ain't three in there anymore. It's four. And one of them looks like a God. King James Virgin say one looks like the son of man. It was that constant reminder that when we are in the blue flame, it's that constant reminder that we are in a fire. God is with us. And that's what I want to remind you of, that in the middle of your blue flame, in the middle of your flood, God is with you. And because God was with them, all Nebuchadnezzar could do is say that you are liberated. Come out of the fire. Because when you, wherever you went through, it didn't kill you. Come out and be free. And so when they come out of the fire, there's some amazing things that happen. First and foremost, Nebuchadnezzar realizes that who the real God is. That's why some of you are going through what you're going through, because the world needs to know who the real God is. And I want to leave you with this, because I'm over my time in the last 60 seconds that I got. Not only did they come out of the fire, not only were they not destroyed, the Bible says that their clothes didn't even smell.
smell like smoke. I want to remind you that when God liberates you, that your clothes won't even smell like smoke. When God brings you out of here, there won't be no indication of what you went through. Because God is going to liberate you. He's going to restore you. He's going to heal you. And your testimony will be a witness to the nations that there is no secret to what God can do. The same way he liberated me, he can do the same thing for you. It's prayer time, y'all. It's prayer time. I'm praying today that God will liberate uh, some people. I'm praying right now in Jesus' name that God will liberate. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this word, God, that reminded us, God, that you are a great, that you are a liberator and you've come to liberate us right now, God. You've come to free us right now. You've come to, to set us apart, Father God. God, I'm praying right now, God, every last one of us, God, has something uh, that perhaps we need to be uh, delivered from, God. You are ascending a new exodus right now. So I pray right now and I speak right now in the name of Jesus, Father God, that you will show every one of my sisters and brothers the path forward. God, I pray that they will take this word and they will remember it, Father God, and they will allow it to, to take root into their heart and take root into their mind, Father God, is that they will be so liberated and so free that they will have clearer thought today about all the decisions that they have to make. They will have clearer thought today about every move that's next in their life. They will have clearer thought about everything that they need to do. God, I praise you for the people that have come here today and those that will connect with us later. Thank you, God. We are family, God. Thank you for liberating us together. God, in the name of Jesus, let somebody lay a burden down right here in this moment. In the name of Jesus, let somebody uh, be healed right now. We come here for healing, God. We we didn't come here for theoretical talk. We came here for a move, Lord. So we are trusting you and believing you, God, that you will move right now, that you will liberate. Liberate right now in the name of Jesus. Heal right now in the name of Jesus. Send your Holy Spirit to each and every home, every, every wherever people may be right now. Send your Spirit, God. God, and just touch right now. Touch us afresh. Fill us afresh, Father God, for the journey that's ahead. Lord, when it's all said and done, God, we're careful to give your name all of the glory, honor, and praise. I thank you for the liberation, God. I thank you for the freeing, God. I thank you for reminding us that we are your masterpiece. God, we love you. We praise you. Allow us to remind our children, Father God, that they are also your masterpiece. Allow us to remind everybody we're connected to that they are your masterpiece. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Listen, love you all. Mean it. Listen, we back in this joint tomorrow. Same back time, same back channel. Go in freedom today. Go Going Liberty today. We got a dynamic Bible study tonight, Wednesday at 7 p.m. You don't want to miss it. Bring your children, bring everybody. God is continuing to move. God bless and have a great rest of the day. Love y'all. Peace out. Thank you for tuning in to the Morning Inspiration with Pastor Wald podcast. This and other podcasts, as well as our live Sunday morning service, can be found on all of our streaming platforms and are also available on the new Chosen City Church app which is available on both the Apple Store and Google Play. We would love to see you in person on Sunday morning at either our 8 a.m. or 1015 services. We are located at 13925 Irwin Road in Charlotte, North Carolina. We hope to see you soon and have a blessed day.